1: Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions weekly preview podcast for prideofdetroit.com. My name is Jeremy Russman. I'm the editor-in-chief over at prideofdetroit.com. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. We are back. It is a week after Thanksgiving, a week, a-, a week after the Bears game. We're moving to another NFC North team with the Vikings this week with me to help preview that game. As always, is my co-host for First Bite. Ryan Matthews, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore pod on Twitter. Ryan, welcome back.
0: Hey, hello. Uh, you did a great job on that 15 hour podcast, Jeremy. Nice oh, job, thanks,
1: buddy. We yeah. it was it was very very successful. The entire month of November, we raised over twenty thousand dollars for the Prostate Cancer Foundation and Rain. Um, and I couldn't be more thankful for the, the Lions community and all of their support because um, unlike some of those. It's fundraisers. Sometimes you get like one person that donates like half of the total amount. It was truly a team effort. We had, I think we had over 150 total donor donators, and it was really uh, a team effort and really cool to see. So very much appreciative of the Lions community for that.
0: Heck yeah, man. Uh, But,
1: but let's, let's move forward here. Let's we're, we're into December last. Well, no, not the last month of football for the Lions. They do get some January football and we can pretend like it's a playoffs. If we close our eyes. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: absolutely even at O10 and 1 the the season is magical
1: <laughs> and according to CBS there's still a route to the playoffs we are not uh el- mathematically eliminated so Oh um, yeah brother maybe yeah, Vegas is still hosting odds for the Lions by the way also <laughs> yeah. hi Oh boy don't tell that to Ryan please uh that voice you heard by the way is an old friend of the show and I only meet old because he's been on the show probably more than any other nfc north rival of ours uh arif hassan from the athletic minnesota arif welcome back buddy i assume i'm back more often simply
0: because justice can never make it so <laughs> i don't i don't think we reach out to anyone else like we're just like yeah we're, we're gonna have a reef on the show this week yeah. and, if, <laughs> and if he says no then we'll just we'll just do it ourselves
1: and with just like i feel like with packers beat writers and and or sb nation guys like We, I feel like we can only take one of them per year. Like we have to, we have to rotate because they're, you know, whether it's Nagler or justice or, you know, any of those guys, they, they, they they can, they can be hard to handle in, in twice a year, you know? Oh yeah. I 100% I know. okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's, let's get into it. Uh, Lions Vikings week 13. Uh, I think I asked this question to you first, every time we talk, are the Vikings good? Good question, man. <laughs> I never know. I, I'm always <laughs> accused of being a Vikings homer for some reason. The, the people who follow the Vikings the closest know
2: the least. So.
0: I was going to say, help 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 plug a reef's latest article, man. Are there any good teams in there the NFL? Are,
2: <laughs> that's right. There are no good teams. That's true. Yeah. I, so I wrote the, the piece at The Athletic, there are no good teams. Uh, click over there, subscribe, give me money, make sure that my employers see fit uh, to pay me a salary and feed – My children, I don't have children, but if I did, this would be very important. Um, I have a cat, please help me feed my cat. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, so we've seen a lot of upsets, but like the thing that's like most interesting about the fact that there are no good teams this year is that Vegas kind of just agrees. The odds for the top team are plus 500. Those are the longest odds. Um, I've ever seen, uh, this late into the season for uh, a favorite to, to win the Super Bowl, And in fact, uh, the odds for the top three of the longest that they've ever been. So uh, no good teams. Uh, as you mentioned, the Lions do have a path to the playoffs. Uh, and if we combine those two facts, you can you can cash out on the 10,000 to one no. Leicester City style Lions win the Super Bowl. Um, remember they took it to the Ravens. So you know that they can take okay. it to AFC opponents. They <laughs> were winning against the Packers, so you know they can take it to NFC opponents. Uh, the Lions are in it, baby. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Sorry, this question was about the there. Vikings?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's week 13 of a winless season. We can This can go wherever the hell it wants to. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, no, the, the Vikings are uh, catastrophic. They're neither good nor bad. Uh, they play general. I, I would say they play to the level of their opponent, but there are moments where you're like, wow, they're really dominant against this Chargers team. Holy crap! They are crushing this Packers team, yeah. and then they just kind of let stuff happen. So it's it's not that their level of play is so much like that it is that it that it meets their opponents. They play way above and then way below their opponents in the same game all the time, <laughs> constantly. Um, so whether that is, you know, nearly taking a bad loss to the Lions or uh, you know, uh, one within one point of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, <laughs> like the, you know, it, it's, that's, that's who they are. They'll, uh, they're the only team in the NFL to have a seven point lead in every single game. They also have the worst two minute defense, uh, in the history of the NFL, as far as we can tell, as far as people have been tracking two minute defenses. So that seven point lead evaporates really quickly. Uh, but yeah, the, the Vikings are a really fun team to watch if you don't care about the Vikings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, all right, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, looking at the Viking schedule reef, like that all checks out, like all of their losses by a single score.
2: Yeah. They, when they were down, I think when they were two games below 500, if they ever were. They still had like a positive point differential. They had the best point differential in the NFC North for a while uh, because that Packers lost the Saints in week one was really hurting them in that regard. Uh, They're like DVOA is like top 10. It's, it's stupid. Like how, like tracking the Vikings is just, it's confusing. Uh, It makes me kind of question the reality around me. Philosophically, it's been very enriching. I think (laughs) to, to follow the Vikings this season
1: one what, what of the things that's, that's yeah, go ahead Jeremy one of the things that's striking to me about the Vikings this year is that they don't resemble the Vikings at all and other than that like the the weird like them being mediocre and and no yeah no I I know what you mean yeah like but like the yeah, Vikings, they, 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 they pass the ball like crazy they're they're not that efficient at running the ball and they're I mean they're not that good at defending the run either which is maybe a carryover from last year but how? No, but no, I, I I completely agree. Yeah, the the broad metaphysical
2: Vikings, the ones that disappoint you, that's true all the time. That sure. is the essential Vikings, but the character of the Vikings that has changed uh, seemingly fairly substantially. They're an offense forward team. Um, they're much better throwing the ball than running the ball. They are a pass forward team, but they are run heavy in particular situations. It's, mm. So it's it's difficult to call them like a, a pass heavy team in the same way because they do want to lie, uh, rely on Dalvin Cook, which, you know, of course they can't um, for, for this week. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it's a team that very much is invested in making sure that that right now, at least that that quarterback can complete passes. Um, two receivers. It used to be when they did pass the ball, they tried for big plays. Now it's a bunch of much shorter throws. It's a lot less aggressive. Um, the pass defense, I think from an EPA perspective, is like really good, but you know, somehow they still give up like 30 points a game. So who cares? <laughs> uh, so uh and 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 they don't have talented corners, especially with Patrick Peterson. I guess Patrick Peterson's back for this game, I think. Uh they just took him off of IR um so we'll see but like they've they've had like some big troubles in their secondary their defensive line was uh I think three of their starters last week were all on, on practice squads to begin the year um th- they are getting Dalvin Tomlinson back but I mean they're not getting Everson back they're not getting to they back they're not they might get Michael Pierce back we'll kind of see how that goes but um that defensive line is not the defensive line you're used to seeing from the Vikings the ones that have sacked Stafford like eight or 10 times in previous matchups or something like, I mean, even Jared Goff got a little bit of it, right? Like it wasn't nine sacks, but it was a lot. Um, And, and it it was like, it's, it's not the defensive line that that Vikings fans or NFC North fans are used to seeing. So it's a very different Vikings team, but it still finds a way to reel you in and then chew you up and spit you out.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I, I need to know like, obviously the Delvin cook injury seems like it on paper um, matters a lot, but I mean, this, we just talked about it. Like this Vikings offense is really predicated on their ability to push the ball downfield Um, touchdown regression to the wind. Right. Arif. I mean, Adam Thielen having a big week last week, but uh, (laughs) I, I I, I'm most interested in, in what, what they're going to try to do against this lion's defense, because it seems like the success of teams lately has been run the football, but then on, on Thanksgiving, it was the Andy Dalton show. Um, is it, is it going to be like, because can the Vikings do what they want to do with Alexander Madison? Or is it just like, Hey, like we're a passing team. He's a nice like ancillary piece.
2: Uh, I think the reason that they value Madison, the reason that they were willing to draft a third round backup running back, which Mm -hmm. geez, um, like it's one thing if you draft a running back in the second round and they turn out to be a backup, like at least you intended for that guy to be the starter. But like to intend for the third round running back to be the backup. I mean that tells you how invested they are in wanting to run the ball. They right. like Alexander Madison. Um he is one of the more effective backup running backs if you like discount the committee backs like Kareem Hunt, then he's probably, and and Tony Pollard, then he's probably you know a top two, top three backup running back. I don't know. Um, So they like that fact and they'll want to lean on it, but for sure, it's not going to be the same as if Dalvin is in there. They're not going to call the exact same cadence of plays that they would have called if Dalvin was in there. Um, I would argue that Madison, uh, despite being less athletic than Dalvin Cook, is a much better asset in the receiving game. Um, he's a better pass protector, but he is worse at identifying who he needs to protect. Um, so, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, see kind of how often they lean on that. Um, they are going to play Kenan Wangu, uh, a fair amount in this game. they only gave him two snaps from scrimmage last week, even though the Dalvin, you know, went down in the game. Um, and he is not seasoned at running back. There are sometimes he just doesn't know his assignments and stuff like that, but, you know, he's super athletic. I was like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to use him if you can. So um, we'll see a little bit of him, but uh, yeah, I think that they'll want to use Madison and he'll be an outlet in the passing game. Um, but certainly I, I think that they'll, they'll look at their roster and just be like, okay, well, there's Justin Jefferson, there's Adam Thielen and there's Alexander Madison. Well, what do we do?
0: Here? Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to look on the other side of the ball and say, and the defense is lining up Jerry Jacobs and company. <laughs> Five interceptions, Amani Oraria. You mean?
1: He, is he me only out. in look the at, slot look,
2: now? What's going on with him, Amani?
1: Yeah, no, no. He's he's an outside dude. Okay, now okay. now that they're bringing in Will Harris, their safety, and he's he's playing the slot, and that is not. Oh, good. that sounds exciting. I, that sounds no. It's, it's an absolute disaster. Um, uh speaking of which, is is Thielen getting a fair amount of reps in in the slot, or or who who uh, they about? all are? They um, all are. I I think that. So, the problem is
2: that I think from a skill set perspective, Thielen and Jefferson are both better from the slot than they are on the outside. Um, the Vikings are. I mean, you'd have to hold a knife to their throat to get them to put four receivers on a field at once. So you're (laughs) unlikely to get two slot guys, but they do like, uh, stacking up two receivers on the same side. Uh, they do like motioning one in and one out. And so they'll, they'll mix up who's in the slot, who's on the outside a lot when they do go three receivers. Sometimes it's KJ Osborne in the slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, uh, they'll, they'll do a mix of, of whoever, um, they want in the slot, knowing that Thielen and Jefferson have good enough releases off the line of scrimmage that, um, they're just so effective on the outside anyway that it kind of is not that materially relevant. Um, I think that they'll either do it from a matchups perspective and, and say, hey, do we like Jefferson more against Will Harris or Adam Thielen more against Will Harris? Um, or they'll do it from a schematic perspective. Do they give more opportunities to these kinds of receivers in the slot and so forth? Um, but I, I think they'll take advantage of the slot for sure. But I, I think that how they determine who goes in the slot and what games, um, that that's just difficult to predict beforehand.
1: Got it. Um, Well, I think we've touched on basically everything from the Vikings offense, except for the quarterback. And this is where things get fun, because everyone loves talking about Kirk Cousins. And he gave us the gift of all gifts last week of standing behind a guard. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to mention it. Like what? I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't (laughs) hurt me that you mention it. I'm not
2: upset. (laughs) I'm rolling my eyes because I just I cannot believe it. And I know that, like, Elway has done it before and and some other, like, high-level quarter, like Dan Marino might have. I don't know. But, like, the thing about Cousins is that he's not John F.
1: Elway, right?
2: Like, you can't, like, you can't.
1: Plus, plus he has in the history of his career, he, he took a knee when he was supposed to spike it. Like, I can't help but connect these two, like, yeah, what do you so, do in yeah. moments?
2: Yeah, so, like, if if Cousins was, like, great at like winning games and had moxie and, you know, was known for these like fourth quarter comebacks and stuff like that. If he was a little bit more loose and he could just, you know, win in the playoffs and stuff like that, you know, these stories would be like fun additions. They'd be like, Hey, you remember the time, right. you know, Favre did literally anything or <laughs> remember the time Elway lined up under a guard. God, that was funny, right? Wasn't that funny? Remember when Peyton Manning said, God damn it, Donald, wasn't that funny? <laughs> But with Cousins it's like remember the thing about Cousins is that he lines up under the guard that's the thing about him that's what we know about him like that's that's like unless he can do something in the next couple of years to create a legacy like people are going to think of him as good mark sanchez even though they don't play anything alike right, right. <laughs> like like mark sanchez butt fumble guy and also he's a bad quarterback like that's the difference right so yeah cousins um is is that guy? Like, he is a very so, – okay, someone – so I wrote about this, right? I was like, the thing about the 49ers' loss is that it is in no means Kirk Cousins' fault in, like, the very direct sense that they lost. But the reason that we want to talk about him, aside from – God, he lined up in a guard. Why wouldn't you want to talk about him? It is – <laughs> it's frustrating that you can't, you very rarely can say he's why you want, right? Like in these close games, Cousins isn't like gutting it out and pulling it through and stuff like that, which is very, I'm like a very analytically minded sports writer. And so I hate kind of leaning on these narrative driven, um, arguments, but like it, at this point, that's kind of what Cousins has become is that he has become the sum total of these mistakes. And someone in the comments of that article was like, Hey, I wonder if he has like, Uh, an anxiety issue. And I want to be very clear. Diagnosing people based off of what you see in a football game is not good, (laughs) but like the way this guy put it was at least fascinating, right? Right. Like again, don't do it. I don't condone it. But the guy was like, yeah, he's so wound up. That's why the, you like that popped out when he was at Washington. And he's so very by the book and by the numbers. And I've called him a paid by numbers quarterback a number of times, right? Like he sees kind of what the pre-snap read is. He confirms it post-snap and he throws based off of the read. And it's like, that's fine, but, like, dog, J. Ron Curse is lined up man-to-man against Justin Jefferson. Just throw it. I don't care if the <laughs> the read says throw to the fullback. Who cares, right? And so, like, he doesn't do that. He, he's a paint-by-numbers quarterback. And if you've got a guy that is very kind of set in, you know, kind of taking what the defense gives him as a modus operandi, if, if, if your coach – who is a defensive coach is like, yeah, just throw a deep dude. I don't care. We'll live with interception. The <laughs> like Zimmer said this multiple times this year. He's like, dude, rip it, rip it. Like I, we have the worst defense in the NFL and I'll be fine. I'm, I don't care. Do it. <laughs> right. Like the coach is begging this guy to like throw aggressively. And we ask cousins like, Hey, it's a green light. That's got to feel good. Right. And he's like, well, I don't want to throw interceptions. <laughs> 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 right. So, like that's like that. How do you? So, so then you put him in these situations where it's like it's fourth down and it's two minutes left and you've got to, you've got to score to enter the half. And he, and he throws the ball away on fourth down with like 20 seconds left. Like that, what are you doing? Why, why are you even snapping the ball on fourth down if that's in your universe of options? Right. And then, of course, like, uh, there's the lining up under the right guard and, he like, yeah, it was, it was confusing out there. We were trying to get set and, you know, the play wasn't coming in and it's like, okay, but your brain can't <laughs> short circuit, right? Like the job requires like not to make this political, but like when, when, when a cop says they're scared, my first response is, yeah, dude, that's why you're trained. That's why you have training, right? <laughs> like, like cousins you're paid. You've, you've got the second highest cap hit in the NFL. It's confusing out there because people like you are supposed to deal with confusion. That's I look, if I'm out there, I'm toast, right? I would be lining up under the tight end, right? I would be facing the opposite direction, right? Like I get it, man. But if they pay me $31 million or whatever, and I line up under the right guard.
1: Yeah, dude, that's on me. (laughs) This is interesting. So it sounds like this is a quarterback maybe completely incapable of, I don't know, driving like, or 30 40 yards in the th- final 30 seconds of a game to win a ball game like he would never be able to do that right you'd think hmm <laughs> <laughs> you guys why against us Arif? why why couldn't he just be facing the wrong way on one of those snaps <laughs> jeremy yeah, he, has,
2: he has three game winning drives this year too that's like the crazy thing one of them obviously against the lions for the win one of them uh against the Packers. Uh, right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did throw two picks in that drive and they just happened to drop it. So like mm. grain of salt. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then there's one other game winning drive that wasn't a fourth quarter comeback. I think they were tied. Um, I forget. I forget who it was. But, yeah. One of the five ones they have this year. Um, so like he, he does it sometimes. Um, but he, <laughs> the, the Vikings uh, record in in these comeback situations, in the final four minutes, uh, is, is 15% in the Kirk Cousins era. And that sounds really low. It's only kind of low. I mean, the average in the NFL is 22%. Um, I don't think that there's a quarterback above 50%. Um, I think the closest is like Tom Brady at like 48 or something. I didn't do all the numbers, but it's something like that. Um, so th- these numbers tend to be low, but like the the Vikings rank 23rd in the league in these situations. And sometimes you could say, Hey, you know, a wide receiver fumble, a running back fumble. It's not a, a sack. It's not always Kirk Cousins' fault. Um, but if you just take a look at his win probability added in those situations where I don't usually like win probability, but end of game scenarios is what that statistic is designed for. Right. Uh, and, and he ranks like 25th among quarterbacks. Like that's just like at, at this point, I don't love talking about clutchness, but I think we've got a huge sample of, of Kirk Cousins in these situations. And I think we can say just there's a reason for it. It's not necessarily that he panics. I think it's actually because he doesn't panic. I think that the commenter might be onto something absent like the don't diagnose people thing, um, which is that he does the same thing in two minute that he does. Like he's thrown over the middle of the field. And I mean, he threw over the middle of the field against the Lions in the yeah, comeback. Yeah. It just worked for some stupid it, reason.
0: It, does it boil down to like just situational awareness? Like there is no- 100%. Yeah, there is no difference between what I'm doing in the first quarter with four or fifteen left, and what I'm doing at the end of the half with 38 seconds left.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's why you throw it away on fourth down. Uh, like, there's no yeah. no <laughs> upside to that. At a period. Right? Hey, like, no. I mean, hey, Jared Goff <laughs> has fan, done that twice. Fans, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wrong. My God, I totally forgot. Holy. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, exactly. Or, 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 Kirk has one of the lowest air yards to the sticks this season. Do you think Jared Goff
1: is in there too?
2: Oh, <laughs> he's, he's gotta be at the bottom. Yeah. Um, or top. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. And the difference is that we know cousins can do it, right? Like cousins was one of the best deep ball passers in 2019
0: and in 2020. Um, and he was in past DVOA this year. I mean, like they're legit. Yeah, man. <laughs>
2: no I mean but but he's a good quarterback that's the most if he wasn't a good quarterback it wouldn't be frustrating like the Christian Ponder era we're just like yeah I guess we're done that sucks (laughs) (laughs) with Kirk Cousins it's like yeah he's getting a 45 million dollar cap in next year so do you extend him I mean he doesn't win but you extend him
0: hey I mean and that's where the best quote that came out of the Kirk Cousins lining up under the guard applies perfectly to the Vikings just don't get under the wrong guy Stunk it under the beautiful. Wrong guy, we get. I think we got to go to break after that one. <laughs> All right, I need a cigarette after that. <laughs> okay, easy
1: though. <now. laughs> uh, let's take a break when we come back. More Lions Vikings, including the one thing we think we know. Prediction coming up on first bite. We'll be right back. And we are back here on First Bite previewing Lions versus Vikings, week thirteen here with Arif Hassan from the Athletic Arif. You're going to the game on Sunday, by the way. I'm not. I uh, I couldn't get the athletic to to pay for a trip. To foot to the bill. Yeah. I might, I thought I might be able to see you in person for once, but all right. I told I told you I was in the realm of possibilities, but couldn't get it done. Dang. And I, I love
2: traveling to Detroit, by the way. Like I like a lot of people like trash it. I love it. I love going to Detroit, man.
0: What, what's that what's that flight it's like what like an hour and a half
2: <laughs> it's it's a way faster flight than it is a drive because the stupid lakes i shouldn't say <laughs> that as a minnesotan but
1: you know.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, you're pissing off everybody on this <laughs> podcast <generally. laughs>
1: listeners you, you you didn't subscribe to the athletic enough you, you couldn't pay for a reef's trip so that that yeah, one's yeah, on that's, you that's that's what happens yeah i mean there's always there's literally always a deal at the athletic which makes you think if it's really a deal but Anyways, no. Uh, Vikings defense, let's talk about that because uh, we were if talking we have off, to, I, mean, I would love to, because <laughs> this is not like you were kind of uh, mentioning at the top, like this is not the, the defense that leaves a bloodied and bruised Matthew Stafford in the locker room, just contemplating whether he, he chose the, the right lifestyle anymore. And, and in particular, it might actually be kind of a good matchup for the Lions who struggle offensively and everything except for. Maybe running the ball, even though no DeAndre Swift this week. So is is could could we see a big Jamal Williams game this week? Sure, man. I, I don't know.
2: Okay, so, the, so the Vikings are returning Dalvin Tomlinson. Yep. Uh, so he's a three technique that plays like a nose tackle. So he should be in theory pretty good against the run. He's been better against the run than any of the other defensive tackles aside from Michael Pierce that they fielded. So there's going to be some positive improvement against the run, but they're still missing their, their top edge rushers. So we'll see some mix of Kenny Willekes. I think will be fully back from from COVID. Um, and so he might be the, the guy they lean on, but we might see Eddie Yarbrough. We might see DJ Wanham um stop me if you've heard of one of these guys (laughs) (laughs) well you might have heard of kenny well right because michigan state michigan state but um seventh round pick i think um but yeah uh there's just not a a ton of there's like one other defensive end i'm missing so um i just don't know um the Defensive tackles will be like Armin Watts. Uh, it'll be uh, maybe TJ Smith. Uh, what about they, Michael?
1: Is Michael practice. Pierce going to play? Because I know he returned to practice,
2: but I think he's still yeah, here. So I don't her? know, but he okay. did return to practice. So he's, okay. he's DFR. I don't think that they've made a decision yet on whether or not he'll play. Um, and if, and if he does, that'll be huge, right? right? Because then the Vikings just have to run stuff in defensive tackles and, you know, Eric Hendricks and maybe Anthony Barr, if he's healthy, uh, can run around and, and do stuff without being impeded by an offensive line. So the, it, it's going to swing a lot based off of the the participation of Michael Pierce. Um, but there's still not going to be much of a, of an edge pass rush. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but the exchange of courses that they gave up like six and a half yards a pop on the ground. Um, and that was kind of surprising, but I think that it was very, I think the Vikings coached them to just be chaotic. Like they were just like, well, we're not going to win if we play it normally. So, <laughs> uh, like you're going up against Trent Williams. Good luck. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so I think they were just like, dude, just rush up field and see what happens. And I think that's how they got a high pressure rate and allowed a bunch of, I don't think that's going to happen if they've got some of their starters actually in there. Um, so I don't anticipate a lot of pressure this week. Um, they might do kind of a blitz heavy approach that's worked against Jared Goff in the past, of course. Uh, and it's something they did very well against Justin Herbert. They, I mean, they're not a heavy blitzing team, but sometimes they'll dial it up. They had a 40% blitz rate against Herbert. That was super effective. Uh, and because they need to supplement a pass rush, I mean, that could very well be on the table. So, um, not a great defensive line, but ways they, they can get around it sometimes and maybe health will actually improve the state of the interior.
0: Well, it's going to be difficult for them to, to take advantage of it. But when, when I'm looking at past uh, past defense DVOA, uh, you know, you, you have the Vikings at 10th and is that a product of their pass rush? That is just non-existent right now. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, in fact,
2: Tenth, I think the reason it's uh, it's higher in EPA than it is in DVOA because it's like fourth or third in EPA, hmm. and the oh, reason wow. it's it's so high is because it's been turnover happy, right? Because DVOA caps um, the explosiveness of of high value plays uh, in order to get some predictiveness. Uh, EPA doesn't, and uh, and like picks from Xavier Woods and Harrison Smith and so on have um, helped them out a lot. I don't know how reliable it's going to be kind of going forward, but they've given up big plays as well. Um, so like Bashad Breland, especially beginning of the year was, was pretty liable to give up some pretty big plays. Um, if we don't see Patrick Peterson. Um, and again, I think we will, um, but if we don't see Patrick Peterson, we'll see either Chris Boyd or Cameron dancer or, whoever's healthy i don't know man <laughs> uh and dancer's been struggling this season and uh and he was briefly benched actually for chris boyd which made dance like the fifth quarter on the depth chart despite starting last year so um yeah i mean peterson's been playing actually very well um but part of that is because quarterbacks have seen some pretty tantalizing matchups elsewhere and that, that, that's what they've targeted um i don't know that there's like a the matchup for Detroit, I would say is the is the way I would think about it. But I would much rather target Bashad Breland than Patrick Peterson, whether it's you know Khalif Raymond or Quintus Cephas or with, with Hodge, right? That's a guy.
0: Oh man. He was like one for three. Yeah. Wait, did I did I screw all that up? <laughs> Am I off? Uh well <laughs> not not any fault of your own, Arif. Right, because, are they like, dead? So... Are they healthy? What's going on? Quintus is not healthy. His <laughs> collarbone is shattered. <laughs> He broke his – did he break it in the Vikings game? I think he
1: did, yeah. yeah. Oh, rough. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I don't know. It's Quintus I mean,
0: Cephas. He, yeah, that's was, that was probably why.
2: So are, are we in Geronimo Allison territory? What's going on?
0: It's probably – so – What is that face? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Geronimo Allison. It's uh, Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Is it. Oh, oh
2: that's right. I like Josh Reynolds. Yeah. It's like
0: a wide receiver
1: three. But,
2: like, I like
0: him. <laughs> exactly. Um, on a bunch of my
1: dynasty teams. Rip. I get, I get a feeling we might see some Trinity Benson. If, if, if you believe hey. that that's a name I didn't just make up. That's no, he not burned a, the
2: shit out of the Vikings in the preseason and in Broncos joint camp. Yeah. East central yeah. Oklahoma, something like that. Right. Like a four two eight or something nuts. Yeah. Uh,
0: It'd Antoine be awesome to pair him with a quarterback who could throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine what, Randall. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that'll
1: get I, Ryan excited. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't. No. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, he's saying he's saying Teddy did that. Teddy did that in the preseason. Yes. So that was a that was a slam on Teddy, which I love Teddy, but like throwing deep. Nah, it's not his game. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Jared Goff? (laughs) Hey.
1: Everyone saw him on Thanksgiving throw a 39-yard touchdown, which felt like about a 70-yarder so.
2: The best game in Jared Goff's career, in my opinion, was against the Vikings. So that's true. I remember Mm. that game.
1: That was a ridiculous game. Um You talked about the secondary maybe not being full of great talent, but the, the pass defense is still getting it done. I feel like some of that might be on the, the linebacking crew. You know, I think they have three or four of the nine interceptions for, for the Vikings, but we got some injuries here, and I don't know if you can provide any insight on them. Anthony Barr hasn't practiced this week. Um, Eric Hendricks was downgraded to not practice today after being limited with a bicep injury. Um, what What's the prognosis on those guys, and if they can't go, who who fills in? Yeah, and Nick Vigil was a full participant,
2: but he was limited uh, the previous day because of rib yep. injury. So, um, yeah. So, well, without them, you know, Bleak. Obviously, I think if you any team misses sure. their two top linebackers, you're Bleak. But um, really Bleak, relatively speaking, if you don't have Nick Vigil, uh, it's like Troy Die, who had like a really awful rookie season and has not really improved in the estimation of his uh, of the team in terms of uh, his place on the roster. Chaz Surratt, who is a quarterback. Um, and Ryan Connolly, who is a pretty good run stuffer. Um, so it's not relevant to this conversation about pass defense, but he's a pretty good run stuffer. Um, Surratt, I think, um, the Vikings always like they've always found guys that have played quarterback and uh and and need to move another position they really like those guys for a lot of reasons um and they never make that guy in their first two years a an emergency quarterback they don't even want him to think about quarterback which is very funny to me chas rats that guy he still doesn't really know what he's looking at as a linebacker on the field and so um he's a pretty good athlete i think the vikings kind of oversell his athleticism but he is a pretty good athlete it's a pretty big guy and he should be able to rush the passer and i think their thought is that he's a long-term Anthony Barr replacement as a, as a blitzer. Right. Uh, and so I think that that's the idea, but he's just not there yet. Uh, and so um, he, if he's forced to play, and he would be forced to play if both bar and Kendricks are out and Nick vigils on the field. Um, then you've got Nick vigil, um, Troy die and, uh, and, and chess are at, maybe because Ryan Connolly is a good run stuffer. They'll have him as the third linebacker. Um, you're, you're in a lot of, I I would start motioning the hell out of my offense and start confusing the linebackers in that case. So uh, I I think you're in a lot of trouble uh, if, or I guess if you're a lions fan, you've got a lot of opportunity um, to lose out on Aiden Hutchinson. Um, So like that's, That's the opportunity that's presented to you. Do you want to take it? Um, Yeah. So uh, that's, those are the, those are the linebacker uh, linebacker options. I think that it's probably worse than most backup linebacker situations across the NFL. And that makes the drop off from Eric Hendricks who's a a really high level linebacker to uh, a below average backup. um, Really catastrophic, especially like you said that they've kind of driven a lot of uh, some of the really
0: good plays in coverage. Yeah. Do you have any insight on whether or not those guys are going to play Barr or uh, no, no
2: insight on on either of them. I think that the the Kendricks being a DNP was a pretty big surprise okay. um, to the media, so we don't really have a lot on that. We'll get a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, Anthony Barr is not a huge surprise, though. I just we, I don't know. Um, is it just like a weekly thing with him? Kind of, yeah. He's got uh, – and I feel really bad for this, but like uh, he has he like a, a tendinitis issue in his knee. It, it just gets inflamed. I don't know if it's like a mm-hmm. degenerative cartilage thing, like a Brandon Roy situation, you know, basketball um, mm-hmm. or uh, or or something else. But he's got like a persistent knee condition, um, which is why he missed the first few weeks of the season. I, I don't think he did. He play the Lions game last time. I don't remember, um, but it was about that time that he finally came back. Yeah. Uh. And then he. Um. Yeah. That was his first game of the season. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 And uh. And then he. Then he missed last week, but not the week before. He might have gotten injured in the game. But yeah, he's just got a knee issue, and he also, on top of that, seems to have a hamstring issue that's probably related to it. So, um. It's really just like how how inflamed is his knee this week that determines whether or not he'll play. Which man, you got to love football if you've already made like fifty million dollars and you're like, yeah, I got to get this out. (laughs) for the boys.
1: (laughs) True. And I guess obviously obviously (laughs) rusting him throughout the week would make a lot of sense if if that's the issue too. Yeah, Um, Yeah. uh, Let's let's move to the prediction segment of our podcast, our final segment of the podcast where we call it the one thing we think we know. Arif, I probably don't have to explain it to you, but I will anyways. um, It's just a prediction. It doesn't have to be the score prediction. It could be, um, you know, Kirk Cousins takes a snap behind the punter. I, I don't, I don't know. So it'd be something weird like that, that could, would rule. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> or, or it could be a score prediction if you want it. But uh, as always, we have Ryan lead off the segment to show you how it's done. Ryan, I've, have, I have no recollection of what we predicted in, in the Thanksgiving game. So um, I guess
0: let's just move forward with this one and pretend we nailed it. Um, it, is that the mantra of the 2021 Detroit Lions? I think so. Probably. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, here's the thing that I think I know. Based on our conversation we just had with Arif and the fact that the Lions starting running back, who figures to probably get most of the workload, um, especially running the football, I, I think Jamal Williams has his biggest game yet as a Detroit Lion. Um Maybe like 150 total yards from scrimmage, Ooh. like a like a big big game from Jamal Williams. You think he's going to be effective in in the receiving game? Um, I think he'll be utilized, but we talked about this before on on previous podcasts about like the difference between yeah. the kind of receiving back he is like versus DeAndre Swift. So um, I, I, I think he, I mean, I mean, how great would it be to get a Jamal Williams wheel route? That'd be fun. I mean, yeah, you had me at
1: wheel route. I, you can throw any yeah. name in there. Like it, it could be Jason Kabinda. It could be, Cabinda, it could be a, Kirk C- C- a Kirk Cousins wheel route. Like maybe, maybe that happens. <laughs> I'd be really into that. Oh man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> uh, Arif, your turn. What is the one thing you think you know about Lions Vikings? Uh, one thing I think I know is that the 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 Vikings
2: have decided that Justin Jefferson is actually finally going to be a focal point of their offense. So uh, I think he's going to get 200 yards. Yeah, that seems, that seems about right. Yeah. I'll weasel my way out of this though. Don't you worry. Like I'll count his passing yards and his rushing yards. (laughs) (laughs) He has, I checked.
1: He's thrown the ball ball. times this year.
2: Yeah. He's thrown the ball. His uh, completion rating is not amazing. Um, (laughs) At the moment he's a better quarterback than Jarek McKinnon. (laughs) Oh, I thought um, you were going to say Jared Cough. I was going to be I'm, like,
1: yeah, probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not confident he's a better quarterback than Adam Thielen. So that's, that's what's mm. confusing to me, is that maybe you should actually have Thielen throw the ball. But
0: can, uh, can I just get a quick follow-up about Justin Jefferson? The two-point conversion that failed against San Francisco, like the, oh, disgu- the disgust in Justin Jefferson's body yeah. language,
2: yeah.
0: like it, I wanted to tweet something, but I was like, you just have to see the video. Like the video is yeah, like tough. the entire
2: – Like court. I watched that and I- – it, it was. It was like I, I think I just tweeted that like he looks frustrated, which is like the most neutral way. <laughs> Under,
0: put it. Understatement <laughs> of the century. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: okay, you, you gotta understand Vikings fans and receivers. Like you gotta be really careful the way you talk about how a receiver might be interacting with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like, like if, like if you're like, wow, Justin Jefferson looks really angry at Kirk Cousins. People are like, yeah, I
1: guess we're gonna have to trade him, huh?
0: <laughs> 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 like. <laughs> so jefferson's um, a pretty
1: emotional guy out there though like he, 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 he was the one that did like the windmill thing right like when he was just yeah, running oh god field. that was amazing yeah. yeah no for sure we asked him about it. he
2: was like yeah i guess i was just feeling it i don't know <laughs> I, like, I get it man uh not not the greatest blocking technique in the world but i get it um but yeah i mean if you between adam Thielen, stefan diggs and justin jefferson who blows up the most it's actually adam Thielen, like on the field anyway um, like if someone's shit talking in a locker room, it's probably Stefan Diggs. <laughs> but on the field, Adam Thielen gets so mad. And it sometimes it's at Kirk Cousins, sometimes it's at a ref, sometimes it's at Bill Belichick. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he gets like mad as hell, and he'll yell at Thielen a lot. Um, so like, and no one ever is like, Man, is Adam Thielen gonna demand a trade? <laughs> and there are some dynamics to that that you know might play a role but also i mean he also hasn't demanded a trade so, right right so, so there's that um so you know justin jefferson being mad that kirk cousins threw a <laughs> ball in the dirt when he was open like wouldn't you be <laughs> so i don't like i don't know what to make of it yet but if he gets 200 yards and a win
1: he'll be fine everything will be fine yeah Seems seems kind of likely. Uh, <laughs> the The one thing I think I know, and I think I'm going to be along the same lines as Ryan here, because I do think the Lions run game is an interesting matchup here. But I think they're going to get those other two guys involved quite a bit because Godwin Igwebuoke converted safety and Jamar Jefferson, rookie seventh round pick, both of both of them. By the way, I they, I they've the both Mubuque. been excellent as as rushers in, in limited carries, and I think the Lions are going to want to see what they got. And so, I the one thing I think I know. Check this prediction out jamal williams isn't even a leading rusher on the team
2: wow yeah that's interesting no i i need jamar jefferson to cool it because he's on my taxi squad and mm. he's going to get poached for my team if he does too well like i can't i don't have roster space to move him up to my regular team so he's got to cool it for the, now
1: the only reason i really say that and i, I admit that i, I kind of take this segment a lot of times and be try to be a little bold just for fun but those two are, are very much more of a home run threat than than Jamal Williams I think Jamal Williams longest run of the season is 20 and both those guys have rushes longer than 20 and I don't think either of them have 10 carries on the season so that's amazing yeah well so I was so I went with the one that I thought was more probable but there is the hot take version I was
2: crafting in my head that involves an explosive home run hitting running back and that's Kenny Wangu. and it was going to be that he gets a play of over 20 yards in the game and I would count any kick return beyond the 25 yard 20 yards beyond the 25 yard line as that too so he either returns it Past the forty-five, or he gets the ball and he moves it twenty yards, either on a fake punt or on an actual carry, or on a reception. I don't know. Throw him the ball. I don't care. He runs a four-two.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so- he's he's got a, he had what he had the kick return in the Ravens game, right? Right at mm-hmm. right after half or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, he had another one recently too, right?
2: Yeah, the last game he did. Yeah, and so he has two touchdowns in eight returns. Which means that you might not ever get
1: to return the ball again. Kick (laughs) that ball through the freaking end zone. Whoever (laughs) the Lions kicker is this week, which we don't even know. So there are some teams that that (laughs) like are just like, yeah,
2: kick it to the one, so they have to return it because it's unlikely they'll get it to the twenty-five. And and now those teams have to tell their kicker, well, at this time, just boot it. And some of those kickers don't have it, so (laughs) we'll we'll see. I mean, it got to like Alexander Madison has a kick return. He ran a four, six. What are we doing? <laughs> like, it's because they were just like, yeah, just kick it to the, like he's a running back. If the ball is coming to him, he's going to pick, he's not going to block. He's going to pick it up. So just kick it to him and we'll get, we'll set it up at the 18. He's not going to hand it off to K. He's a running back. He wants the ball. So kick it to him and we'll be fine.
1: Fair enough. Uh, all right. Let's wrap things up here. Arif tell the people where they can find you what you have to offer over there at the athletic and, uh, and we'll get out of here. Yeah. You can find me at the athletic, theathletic.com
2: slash author slash a reef dash Hassan. Um, I used to reel that off as a bit cause I thought it was really funny that it was a really long URL that I was plugging and now I'm so used to it that I just do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, go there, sign up, uh, make sure that I have health insurance. Uh, I'm very sick and I need <laughs> health insurance. And so if you sign up through one of my articles, um, that lets the athletic know that they can't kill me by firing me. <laughs> so please sign up for one of my articles. I've recently written an article on, I mentioned the Kirk Cousins article. I mentioned the No Good Teams article. I also broke down a Vikings mock draft pick if you're all into that. That's probably not in anybody's wheelhouse at the moment, but I did I mean, that. Lions fans draft talk in December? Well, yeah, but December? I mean, like, are, are you thinking about the cornerback you could pick at 18th overall? Because
0: that's who I broke down. <laughs> If the Rams, if the Rams miss the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, quarterback is on
2: the list of many needs, right? So, I mean, who knows with Jeff
1: Okuda, right?
2: Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So you can, you can find all that there. Uh, I'm also going to have Jeremy on our podcast, the Norse code podcast, which I think is tons of fun. Uh, and, uh, and we talk about football occasionally and food a lot, I guess. So uh head over to that podcast, check it out. And follow me on Twitter at Arifasan NFL. I, I mostly don't tweet about football. No, I mostly tweet jokes about football. That's more accurate. That is more accurate. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah.
1: That's Arifasan, always one of our favorite guests. It's a shame we only play the Vikings twice a year because, I mean, plus they're just, a like you said, a very entertaining team for teams that don't care about the Vikings, which I would say I kind of fall under.
0: Yeah. Despite yeah, despite
1: fair. what Ryan says.
0: Yeah, Whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we will be back after the Vikings game with our normal post-game podcast Sunday night. And then obviously we'll be uh doing some other stuff on our Twitch channel. We'll do in our Madden Sim on Saturday mornings, um, and we'll we'll probably start dipping into draft talk a little bit more because that's what we have to do when we're Lions
0: fans <sighs> in December. It's- I have nothing to give. <laughs>
1: It's the giving season, Ryan.
0: Close this thing out.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It's chaos. Be kind.